Good evening, everybody. This is part two of Barching Snare Drum. I was um, talking about it the last episode, and I actually wanted to get a lot more in detail on it because there's just so much information. One episode cannot cover it, and so I'm probably going to make this all of season two. And so I'm probably going to dedicate one season to one of the... um, basic four instruments so season two obviously will be marching snare drum season three will be concert snare drum because that's maybe that'll be season 2.5 i don't know but then season three will be mallet percussion there's a lot of um information on that one uh season four will be timpani and season five will be drum set probably will reverse it to drum set because i'm actually doing a lot of drum set right now so a lot of things are fresh on my mind So, um, episode number two um, on marching snare drum, technique. Uh, So, there are a lot of things, and what you have to know about technique with marching snare drum is that there are as many approaches to it as there are drum corps or as there are marching bands or high school lines. And so, um, finding the proper technique is a bit of a push and pull thing. On one hand, there's not one truly accurate way to do it. Uh, And I mean that there are many different ways, but they're all accurate. However, um, when you find yourself as part of an ensemble, part of a group, part of an established organization, Whatever method that's taught, that is your thing that you have to do. That is your law as far as what you play. So let's just say that uh, you're in a high school that models themselves after the Blue Devils. And then you're playing against another drumline that uh, models themselves against the Santa Clara Vanguard. Both of those are legitimate techniques. However, both of them are specified to that group. So the ones that do the Blue Devils technique should not be looking over across the field and saying, okay, well, I'm about to start playing that because that's out of order. You're doing something against the model that your school follows. So um, now there's also the other topic of what if you're not part of any organization? What if you just um, saw the movie Drumline? And I actually love the movie Drumline and everything it did with the uh, um, culture of percussion. But what if you just saw the movie Drumline? What if you saw some YouTube videos? You're not on anything. Your school doesn't have a marching band. And um, there's not any solid technique that's enforced. Or maybe, again, you're in a school and there's no percussion ensemble or there's no, no percussion instructor like the school that I did or like the school that I went to well if that's the case then you should find something that well actually let me uh, go back I actually think that there's some very general things that you should follow Uh, so the very general things I think are just typical uh, drum core uh, standardized technique I won't be talking about the molar stroke because that's more of an advanced um, technique you'll never see beginners doing molar stroke. In fact, the way that I teach private lessons is I teach absolutely no wrist whatsoever, I'm sorry, absolutely no arm whatsoever with the um, snare drum. I I am very aware of of molar, but that's more advanced in my 
uh, particular um, approach. I've also, in all fairness, seen some young drum uh, and fifing um, organizations where they're teaching kids from a young age how um, you would, um, what's the word I'm looking for, traditionally play the, the rope snare drum. And so, of course, that involves more, air, uh, more arm. It's more of a slurred type of playing. Uh, that's an exception and not the rule in what we have as far as our typical um, high school uh, or middle school scenarios. So the first thing that I do when I teach an absolute beginner how to play um, traditional grip is I get uh, I tell them to shake my left hand. And so I have them to have a firm grip and then I tell them to totally relax. And so, but when they relax, they still keep their hand exactly where it is, but I take my hand out of it. So if you look at that, you're gonna actually have a curve um, where your hand is kind of making a C, but it's a C to the side. It's not a C right side up. It's where it's a C that's right in front of you with your um, elbow facing almost towards the ground, but a little bit to the left. And, but your left thumb should be all the way up. Uh, now, but it should have like a little curve going in then up. What I tell them to do is, first off, I put the stick in their hands uh, and it rests on their ring finger. So the uh, stick rests on their ring finger and I use Vic Fur sticks, so I always teach that the fulcrum is where the, um, where the flag is. So I have them to rest the uh, stick on their ring finger. The next thing that I do is I make them touch their thumb with their index finger, but that first knuckle on the top of their thumb should touch the first knuckle on the top of their index finger, and that is what I teach as their fulcrum. So the flag should be right over there. And then I have the middle um, the middle finger just rest on top of it, and that is how I do it. Now the reason why, at first I used to always play with the middle school, with the middle, I'm sorry, not middle school, I taught middle school for 10 years. And so, but um, I used to have the middle finger just floating up, but um, I was actually doing student teaching years ago uh, in a school called Homewood High School, and the percussion instructor actually taught to have the middle finger resting on the stick. And he didn't say, well, I didn't hear him say why, but I just started to think on my own. And I thought it actually makes more sense because if you, when you start to play fast, then you might want to put more pressure on that stick and that'll actually help you have even closed um, rolls and diddles when you need for it to, but then you can kind of loosen up a little bit and make things more open. So for that reason, I have the middle finger resting on top of the stick. And that is proper to me, the way that I teach, that is proper left-handed traditional grip. Now the right hand on the other hand, has typical match grips. So the way that I do it is your fulcrum um, on your right hand is where the, the nail of your thumb meets the, um, uh, or the tip of your thumb meets the second knuckle of your index finger. And so that's your fulcrum, that's the way I have it. Uh, so you should have that set and then you should wrap all of your fingers around the stick from there on. Now there should be no, no gaps, no spaces between your fingers, especially no gap between 
your thumb and your index finger. And the way that I teach an absolute beginner, because if you're ever teaching beginners, you have to spell things out for them. You must spell them out because if not, they're not gonna know and then they're gonna be doing something and they think they're doing it right and they need for everything to be spelled out to them. You're not saying that there's anything wrong with them, but again, you have to say, no, that's not correct. This is the way that you do it. And so, and also you have to always give them checklists. So you say, okay, is this happening? Is this happening? Is this happening? If all that checklist is completed, then they'll be able to know, yes, I'm doing this correctly. So um, in addition to everything that I just shared, um, the way that I teach absolute beginners, and I call them novices, to know whether or not they're holding their right hand right with the gap between their thumb and right, uh, I'm sorry, and index finger is, I tell them that the top of their, the side of their thumb should be touching the bottom of the side of their index finger. And that way there's no way that any gap can happen. And so whenever I look at them and I see them kind of loosen up, I say, hey, fill in the gap. And they do that and that's the way they do it. So the checklist I have for the right hand is set your fulcrum, make sure that your thumb, uh, the top of your thumb is lined up with the second knuckle of your index finger. All right, um, make sure that the um, top of your thumb is touching the uh, bottom of your index finger as far as the side is concerned. Your palm is facing the ground, so that's gonna give you, um, and then the top of your hand is facing the ceiling, that'll give you a proper German technique on the right hand. And then your motion is as though you're knocking on the door. Nothing from your wrist, I'm sorry, from your wrist all the way to your shoulder, that should be totally stationary at this point totally stationary because again, when we get into 15 inches where you're using your arm and drum core, that'll be after they're playing for like three or four years. But again, right now, they're doing nothing but wrist motion. So, um, and that's the, that's the thing. Now, when they put the hands together, the left hand is set, the right hand is set, it should make an upside down V. Uh, some people also say something like, you know, it should be making a 90 degree angle that's kind of turned off uh, to the side some way. But again, the beads of their sticks should be meeting about an inch apart and about one inch above the drum head and they should be at the complete center. Now with the concert snare drum, they should be just off center above the center because the center of the head gives that dead spot where you're not gonna get a good um, sound as far as the head resonating. However, in marching band, you do not want the head to resonate like that. You want it to be dry. You want it to be very, very staccato because you'll be playing with multiple people and you want for it all to sound the same. And that's the way that you get it to sound really good. So again, uh, left hand set, right hand set. Uh, make sure that you have the checklist. Make sure that the beads are almost touching but not touching about a, an inch apart and then an inch above the drum head. With your right hand, make sure that nothing is moving uh, from the wrist to the elbow. And with your left hand, the motion should be a side to side, like they're turning a doorknob. So they should not be using their arm at all. No arm whatsoever, all wrist. And so they should be going, and it's gonna be kind of tough. It's gonna to be kind of strange to them, but with anything, the more you work on it, the easier it gets. That's what I always tell my novices. That's where I tell all my students, no matter how advanced, the more you do it, the easier it gets. So that side to side motion with the left hand is critical. So that in a nutshell is a very good starting point with um, 
traditional grip on snare drum. Again, if you're a novice and you're learning this apart from a um, an established percussion program, do not try to model yourself after any other things. Like if you're watching Santa Clara Vanguard or Jackson State University, if you follow HBCUs, they use arm. They use, um, they're much looser with their approach. Uh, and I've talked to people on Jackson State's line and they say there is, is very power oriented because they want to be heard from across the field. And I've heard, I've talked to people who know about Santa Clara's line and their approach is very loose because they feel like they can be more musical with their approach and their sound is more important with, uh, than the way that it looks. You'll actually find different people doing it different ways because they don't focus on the look, they focus on the sound. But that is again, the exception, not the rule. Because in 98-ish percent of lines, how you look is just as important as how you sound. So you must uh, embrace the reality of that visual uh, approach is part of the aesthetics of our craft. So um, I really hope that helps. If you have any questions, feel free to send me a message. And until then, happy practicing. Thank you.